Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yo, start the show. We'll wait for the chat to get going. Uh, Alex, I see what you put in the private chat. I mean, from my the notes that I have really are just from the Wizards game, um, trade stuff, Joe Harris. Akvon uses iPads. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's see. There's not too many people in the chat. I want to get the chat going. And as soon as I see a couple people pop up, we'll send it live. And I know for the podcast, they hear us do this little like pre-talk before we hit the music. There we go. Guillermo, Guillermo McLean. First uh, person in the chat. That's good enough for me. We got five likes already on it. Let's start the show. We're, we're, we're doing that Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 178. Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn is not here. He's got something that he's got to handle. Uh, I know he missed an episode because he was sick before. Robin's a little under the weather. I'm hoping I'm not next, but it's going around WFAN right now. It's going around New York City right now, Robin. I, I just said you're not feeling that great, but how you doing? Uh, you know, um, at least it's not the Nets making me sick, right? Like that's that's the upside for for this that's particular. A that's forum. a different kind of sick. Nah, man, this is the sickest I've been I, that I can remember th- this week. I'm sure it was. We had our neighbors had a holiday party on Friday, and we were there, and then we had like apparently we had a huge holiday party here Saturday that I didn't know about till the day of. But the Grinch was here, and Santa was here, and a bunch of little kids were here. So. It doesn't take much piecing together to realize uh, whatever I have came from all of those festivities. And I've been, you know, almost out of commission all week. But here I am. Yeah, that'll do it to you. The young ones bring in the uh, viruses and flus and COVIDs. But anyway, um, hopefully you're vaxxed and uh, 
hopefully you're you're not uh you know you're not doing the vid let's move into this episode uh hopefully everyone out there is staying healthy and uh shout out to everybody in the chat that pulled up first off i have to apologize i've been putting out the wrong number for our voicemail i forgot that at the end of the year last year i like didn't renew the google voice account so I've been saying, call the voicemail, call the voicemail. And I'm like, why aren't we getting any voicemails? And then today I called the voicemail and it was like, your number cannot be completed as dial. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. So now we got a new voicemail. Mm-hmm. The voicemail number is now on our Instagram and Twitter. It is 929-500-1003. If you want to be on the show, if you want to be heard on the show, you can start calling that number, and uh, I guess we'll start giving you prompts. Like, where do you expect the Brooklyn Nets to finish in the standings? Who are the Nets trading for? What piece would you like to see the Nets acquire? What are your, you know, stuff like that. So, last episode, we were saying no one's talking about the Nets, right? Last episode, we were just feeling like after that Pacers win, There should have been more national coverage of what Jacques Vaughn and the Brooklyn Nets are doing. The media was slow to get on board, but now they're on board. Now uh, they're talking about Katie, Kyrie, and they're not so focused on nonsense. Uh, It's a good time to be a Nets fan again. It's a good time to, uh, and and as just as I Said that I know someone is calling the voicemail right now. So oh, it's popping there. The old one, the old one went the way of Steve Nash. The new one is is the Jacques Vaughn voicemail. <laughs> as I say that, because like I have to connect my phone to the Google Voice as like a second number, it goes to that voicemail. I just got to ignore the call. But as soon as I said that, someone just called. So uh, we'll potentially get a voicemail played on this episode. But um, this is a quick episode. There's really only one game to talk about, right? Because uh, we last recorded after the Pacers win and going into the Wizards game on Monday. So that's the only game we have to talk about. But I would like to talk about just, you know, random things around the Nets. Ben Simmons and Meg the Stallion as Meg the Stallion is uh, in court. And I wanted to elaborate more on that. I think we touched on it a little bit last episode. Uh, Kyrie and his comments when he said there's no more excuses in pursuit of a championship this year. Uh, I I like that attitude because this is supposed to be the all-in year. Um, Other quick things, the Nets have assigned Dayron Sharp to Long Island. Obviously, Dayron came up, him and Kess, they helped out. um, You know, they they called the young guys up to defeat Indiana, but he goes back down. He's still working on a bunch of things, and he's still needed there. Um, Alex hit us up with the news that Steph, and, and you probably know if you're following the NBA, Steph has a shoulder issue. And uh, he's going to be out a few weeks. So next Wednesday, I think he was supposed to come to Barkley Center. The Warriors are going to be there, but he will not be playing in that game. And I remember last year, a lot of young kids show up, Steph, Steph. They got their Steph jerseys on. They're waiting by the uh, locker room entrance trying to get Steph to sign shoes, jerseys, hats. Maybe it'll be a little easier if he's around and he's not playing. But uh, that that creates a different game and we'll we'll get to that when we look ahead at the end of the episode so the wizards game i mean i don't know what you need to see we play the wizards again we beat the wizards again 
It doesn't matter if Kyle Kuzma's doing his thing. Doesn't matter if Chris uh, Chris Stavis Porzingis is doing his thing or Will Barton is doing his thing. The Nets are doing their thing right now under Jacques Vaughn. Kevin Durant comes out and has 30. Kyrie has 24. Ben Simmons looks good with his 10 and 8 rebounds. Joe Harris had 11 points. They're, they're getting help from a lot of guys. And TJ Warren had 12. TJ Warren puts together another good game. I just watched that game and I said, okay, they're playing good basketball. They're handling business. It doesn't always have to be flashy or super impressive. Kyrie was flashy and super impressive. KD had some moments in that game, a couple heat checks and like, you know, but that's what you expect from them. Robin, watching the Nets face the Wizards again, did anything stand out in this matchup? Did anything pop to you uh, watching the game on Monday night? You know, I guess from a smaller standpoint, there are, and I've probably said this to some extent before, some variation of this before, but there are a few guys who I don't know if we knew would be key members of this team, and it appears that they're going to be key members of this team in the rotation this year, and that is um, T.J. Warren, who you mentioned, who just came back, uh, and his ability to create for himself, get his own shot. Yuta Watanabe and, you know, the energy he co- sort of brings, the, the, you know, the, the spirit he plays with. I think that's the biggest thing he brings to the court. It's just he's grabbing rebounds. He's running the floor. He's, he's facing the floor. He's moving without the ball, all those sort of things. And Edmund Sumner, who, you know, is, has been a very good backup point guard, defender, uh, driver, um, a, a, another guy who plays with energy. So I, I think from the, the smaller scale standpoint, just the fact that those guys continue to show that I think they're going to be able to be relied upon was probably the most telling thing. But otherwise, look, it's time to see what the Nets look like against the big boys. I, I think we, we now realize under Jacques Vaughn and with it, when healthy, they're a good team. And that they, they should have no problems on most. You know, you're going to have a couple bad nights here and there in the season. But on, on most nights, disposing of the likes of the Wizards or the, the Raptors or, or teams of that ilk. I'm ready to see what the Nets now look like when they, they see the Bucs. I was looking forward to that game. Uh, against the the Warriors, but obviously now it's a, a little bit of a different story without Steph. Another matchup with the Celtics. You know, I, I want to see how the, the Nets now stack up against those teams because that's the, the next rung on the ladder that they got to climb. So in three times facing the Wizards, uh, they went to D.C. on November 4th. The Nets beat them 128-86, smacked them. That was an all-time embarrassment for D.C. Then the next time they came to Brooklyn, they beat the Wizards 113-107. Then they go back to D.C. Monday, the Nets beat the Wizards 112-100. The Wizards are probably trading guys. Uh, Bradley Beal didn't play in that game. And Kyle Kuzma's probably out of there. Someone's going to probably pluck him from them. Um, and like Robin just alluded to, you don't really write home beating the 11-17 and 17 Washington Wizards without their best player. But a win is a win is a win, especially in this week where they played Monday, and I think it was Nick Claxton said something like, it felt like a a mini all-star break with these days off. Tuesday, Wednesday, today, three days in the middle of the uh, week in an NBA season in December, to have off is a luxury. They were back on the court shooting around today, and uh, this news just broke. I saw Alex put it in the chat, and I went to go find more information on it. So we talked a lot about the Pacers game. Right. We wanted more attention on the Pacers game, but not this kind of attention. The Nets were fined for um, 
let's see. I'll read the Brian Lewis tweet, okay? So <laughs> the, the way that the Nets went about doing their business, the NBA today announced that the Nets have been fined $25,000 for failing to comply with league policies governing injury reporting. So you ask for the attention, and the NBA starts to look into it, and we know all about load managing and resting players and how people feel about, like, oh, man, KD and Kyrie are coming to Indiana. I circled this game. I I spent my whole summer's paychecks to get good seats for this game, and they're not going to play. Well, uh, Brian Lewis went on to write that the fine for the Nets, eight men out game over the weekend in Indiana – uh, he asked Jock Vaughn at the time if he expected to hear from the NBA, considering Adam Silver's views on load management and stars missing games. And he said, considering it seems like every year we hear from Adam Silver about load management and stars not playing, and this case is more extreme than most, would you expect that the league might say something to you? And Jock said, I think everything that is reported today has been documented. And so whether that is so whatever that is we know that Seth and Joe they had offseason ankle injuries there's no argument to that Nick Claxton didn't play last game because he had a hamstring tightness there's no argument to that Kevin is leading the league in minutes there's no argument to that Royce has personal reasons he's missing the next game he also is leading the league in minutes there's no argument to that so it's just a combination that's adding up at the same time. But we feel to- totally comfortable as an organization that we put the best product out on the floor as many times as possible, and we'll continue to do that. It just so happened tonight is more than one, two, or three people. <laughs> it was eight. I don't care. The Nets can afford it. The Nets are printing money this season. They've sold out 90% of their games. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, you think this is the NBA doing too much? You think anyone cares about this $25,000 fine? I really don't think they care. Well, look, $25,000 is really nothing uh, to the you know pockets of Joe Psy or whoever actually pays that that fine. I, I get it, though. I do get it. Um, and, and, and this is not me being critical of the Nets. Like, I also get why the Nets did that. And, and in some ways, it's smart to choose one game, right? Instead of spacing it out over time and, and having it be a repeat thing, it was all in that one game. So you could really argue they've been better than maybe other teams. I have, I'd have to look at the way other teams have handled those situations where it was really only the one time. However, Kevin Durant was not hurt. Yeah, he's, he let, he's leading the league in minutes or whatever, but he wasn't hurt, and he sat out the game. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I have no idea why Kyrie Irving didn't play in the game. He just didn't play because everybody else didn't play, right? <laughs> you know Ky- Kyrie always is looking for a reason to sit down. <laughs> no, nah, I'm messing with you, Kai. So, I, I mean, I get, like, I, I understand. I mean, because you would feel that type of way, right? Like, if you were a fan and went to a game, it, it sucks. It's a bummer. Uh, but it's also, you know, prudent management and, and, and trying to be smart about uh, the rigors of what is a long NBA season. And, you know, what, what I think is, one thing, it's 82 games. But, two, I don't know how many people have gone into this much, but the explosive movements of players nowadays – you know, when you think about it, I think more square footage of the court is used now than ever was before. So when you're talking about switching screens and closing out and, and as many three-point shooters as there is and then going on to the break and then getting back and then switching screens and then closing out, that is just a lot of explosive movement. That is a lot of wear and tear on the, the lower extremities. And when you condense the schedule and you're playing games back-to-back or – 
when it was nine games in 14 days or whatever the case it, it was. Yeah, that, that can, I think, lead to some of the um, injury accumulation that we see nowadays that when, when you get older guys saying, well, back in our day, it didn't happen like that. Well, you know, back in the day, homeboy was dribbling the ball up to court. The other guy was going into the yeah, post, back game. to the basket, dumping it in, and everybody's out there watching, you know. So uh, I, I think um, that that is is part of why you see maybe um, it, it happen a little bit more today as, as well as more data and, and everything like that. But um, in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to remember this. You know, we'll g- give it another week, and we will never speak of that game again. Yeah, it's insignificant. If the Nets lose to the Pacers, do the NBA – really look into it and say, hey, you rested all day. If the Nets lost, they're probably like, take that L. But it was a big win. It surprised a lot of people. And how about the fact that Seth Curry didn't start the season on time? TJ Warren didn't start the season on time. Ben Simmons missed time. Utah missed time twice. Like, we had injuries. We had legit concerns. Um, Joe Harris missed a couple games. Like, we had legit concerns around uh, the health of guys right away, which forced KD, Royce, Nick Claxton missed some time um to play all those minutes i don't know i don't think it really matters it's twenty five thousand dollars uh they could find 50 people in the organization to put up 500 not not that they would have to pool the money but it's not a lot of money for the brooklyn nets they asked Kyrie to put up five hundred thousand dollars for the anti-defamation league yeah Kyrie was having a you know five hundred thousand dollar dinners with rabbis and (laughs) this is not quite the, the same thing. No, it's a lot of money to us. 25000 If I have to pay a $25,000 fine, I'm pissed. But if Joe side, <laughs> Joe side's like, yeah, uh, handle that. If so, I have to pay a $25,000 fine, I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's a depleting uh, whole account. <laughs> All right. So moving on from that, man. Um, and I see you guys talking in the chat already. The conversation shifts. Uh, trade talks. And today we learned that the Cavaliers are interested in Joe Harris. Oh, they want to bring the boy home. And Kenyon Martin Jr., there's another Nets connection. Obviously, his dad was a favorite Net. But I said to uh, AJ from Nets Kingdom, he posted this. I said, Big J or no deal? If Jared Allen's not in a deal, we don't want to do it. But of course you want to explore that. I don't know exactly who they'd be sending back from the Cavaliers, but it's time. We're less than two months away from the trade deadline. Uh, we're approaching Christmas. Everybody is already going to be on those trade machines. It's it's the 15th. We're in the, you know, the middle of the month, 10 days from Christmas. People are trying to cook up and figure out who's going where. The rumors are starting. And I'm not a big trade machine guy, but I do feel like this year the Nets are a trade or a move or two away from actually being a contender. Yeah, they're contending right now, but like Robin alluded to, when they play the big boys, what are they going to look like? And literally when they play the big boys, Giannis, Embiid, what are they going to look like? And uh, I don't know, but I will say this before I pass it to Robin. Sean Marks, I'm looking at you. Sean Marks, this is your time to shine. Sean Marks, get on the phone and do what you got to do to shore up this team. This team is deep. We, we definitely don't need all of these guys. We could use a couple other guys. It's on you, boss. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in the trade machine right now trying to see uh, what would work with, with Cleveland. Here's the thing. Uh, 
I would trade Joe Harris if they can. I, I am terrified of, of Joe Harris in, in the playoffs. And it's a, it's a tough proposition with him because he's like a homegrown guy in a sense. I, obviously, he, he wasn't, uh, you know, drafted by the Nets. They, they look at him as a homegrown guy. He came from the Cavs to the Nets. Yeah, he, he came of age as a member of the Nets. And, and I think there's an attachment there, especially when it felt like the soul of the team was traded, right? Like all those guys. You, you just mentioned Jared Allen, all those guys gone. So he's kind of the last remnant of that. With that said, and he's played better. He plays hard. Um, he's played better. I know he's dealt with injury. I just, you know, from the Milwaukee series, that scarred me to a certain extent. And, and, and I brought it up on this show several times. But I, I just feel like there's so many instances where there's a loose ball that he could get to and it, it turns into a foul. Or he, he drives into the lane and he's blocked and it turns into a layup. Or he's got the open three, the thing he's paid to do, and that's the one he, he doesn't make in a big spot. Um, uh, uh, Karis Levert for Joe Harris works straight up. I, I don't know if that's a move they're willing to make. because I don't not think as, they do that. I would love not, that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, then, then who are they trading, right? Because like, you're obviously not trading Evan Mobley or, or anybody like that. Or Donovan um, Mitchell or – Jared yeah. Allen or and you have to make the salaries match so let me see uh how about they're gonna send us Kevin Love Isaac Okoro and Ricky Rubio <laughs> that doesn't work either uh you know it's tough to to make the or how about Jetty Osmond and let's try Jetty Osmond and Dar- Darius Garland that doesn't work either you know like Darius Garland would be great trading, yeah they're not trading Darius Garland so I you know you have to be realistic a lot of times and this is common not just amongst Nets fans but every team's fan base like the the return that they get for what they give is not exactly in proportion. Sean Marks is going to get us Robin Lopez. We'll have Arlo as the Nets, Belo's brother. Uh, who knows, man? We'll have plenty of podcast time to talk about potential trades. That's part of being a Nets fan. I feel like Nets fans every year are looking at this guy and that guy and on the trade machine and hoping and wishing. And, you know, you end up with, like, James Harden or Ben Simmons or uh, Andre Drummond or Seth Curry. And, yeah, you end up losing Jared Allen and Karis Levert. <laughs> Nobody had that trade machine going. But, I mean, other than that, um, a little bit of injury report stuff came out. So, Seth Curry, right hamstring tightness is questionable for tomorrow. Patty Mills, non-COVID-related illness. See, something's going around here in New York. He's doubtful. For tomorrow. So that means he's sick and like he probably just got sick and they're not expecting him to sleep it off tonight. Um, Nick Friedel said that Patty Mills did not practice today because of the illness. He's doubtful. Like, so he he's he's not feeling he's feeling worse than Robin. Uh, he might have what, what Hudson had a couple weeks ago. Um, I, mean, I, 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 I missed like essentially I tried to power through um, a day of work on Tuesday and I just even couldn't. And I've never. Miss work. So whatever's going around is 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 something serious. So it, hamstring tightness, though, that goes around the net. The Nets have to lead the league in hamstring tightness. I think <laughs> hamstring tightness is is another word for we're resting him. Um, hamstring tightness, yo, like. But, but James Harden had wrong. hamstring. He had hamstring <laughs> tightness, and then his hamstring fell off. And you know what? Anabi had hamstring tightness, and he was. I mean, it was back- always BS. I'm like, okay. We know Harden like tore his hamstring, but before they ended up trading him to the Sixers, he had hamstring tightness, and I'm like, he just didn't want to play. 
he he sold in that game against the Kings. His hamstring was fine. He just forced his way out. But yeah, that's where we're at for this Raptors game coming up. And I expect the Nets to beat the brakes off the Raptors. Maybe not blow them out, but they're facing the Raptors again. And if I scroll back, December 2nd, Nets defeat the Raptors 114 to 105. November 23rd, Nets defeat the Raptors 112 to 98. And uh, I expect them to get another win. Oh, October 21st, Nets defeat the Raptors 109-104. So we're going on another team facing them four times. That familiarity is there. They know what's up. Like, they know they can't rock with the Nets. Uh, They just lost to the Kings yesterday. They just lost to the Magic on Sunday. They lost to the Magic on Friday. Bowl bowling those boys. So the, the Raptors are cooked right now. I know the Nets do not fear them, and that should be another win. So the Nets are 17 and 12, five games over 500, looking to be six games over 500 before Sunday, heading to face the Pistons. Do I got to scroll back and tell you how we've already beat the Pistons? Nah, you know. So I'm looking at this Nets team being seven games over 500 before Steph Curry and the Warriors come to town where Steph's not going to play. But I was kind of worried about this next stretch. I was like, okay, you got the Warriors on Wednesday, December 21st. You've got the Bucks on Friday, December 23rd. And then you got to go face the Cavaliers on Monday, December 26th. I'm like, that could be an interesting uh, three games. But I think they'll beat the Warriors. And then we'll see if Giannis is like running into people and uh, playing football and taking 13 seconds to shoot his free throws and knocking over ladders and stuff like that. And then the Cavs, they're going to want a good look at Joe Harris. So I hope Joe Harris balls out on Monday and we'll see what we can get. What are you thinking about these upcoming games and where the Nets stand? Like the Nets stand to, uh, I think they won eight out of nine. I don't see them losing in these next three games. Like they're going to have a nice run here. They're going to put together a nice stretch of games early, which as a fan, it just makes you feel good about their standings, where they are, where they're going. They're already in fourth. They can climb and be at the top of the league. And I I just feel good about where they're headed under Jacques Vaughn, this team, man. Like you, you, the never know Nets, I'm starting to get some clarity on who they are and what they are. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I don't think at the beginning of the season, I I could have told you, honestly, I I would have thought the, the Nets would be five games over 500 right now. And if you look at the landscape of the league, um, you have Boston and Milwaukee. Then you have Cleveland, who the, the Nets are only a game behind Cleveland. They, they could pass them when they play them next week. Do I think the Cavs are better than the Nets, more talented than the Nets? No. Uh, when you go out west, I mean, even beyond, and, you know, beyond Cleveland in the east, what's the next team up? The, the Sixers? Joel Embiid saying the fans want to trade him over there. Um, and <laughs> then the, the Knicks, you know, like in the, in the west, the Pelicans, I think, are really good and legit. I think the Grizzlies are legit. But beyond those two teams either, like, I, I don't think that the Western Conference teams, especially if Steph Curry's going to miss a chunk of time, where I don't know how much the Warriors can survive without Steph. I mean, they've been mid with Steph, and their offensive rating is like under 100 points per 100 possessions without Steph. So they're not a good team. Good, good. Steph. Can I cut you off for a yeah. second just so I can shit on Draymond? Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the face and – I remember Nets fans saying, let's see if they talk about their chemistry, right? 
Because all of these people want to talk about Kyrie is a cancer on the team. He's a bad teammate. The Nets can never get any chemistry because he misses time. Well, a quick way to mess up the chemistry on a championship team is to punch someone in the face and everybody see that they ain't been right since. Yeah, I mean, look, and so what I'm saying is the the way I'm getting around to saying that is that I I mean, I think the Nets are in the top handful of teams in the league. Um, now, they have to show – they have to prove it to me to, to show that they're, uh, you know, actually up there. I, I think I saw somebody in the chat. It was my holy king that said something about the Bucks are always tough uh, unless they're without Giannis, unless Giannis is not playing. Well, you, you want to – you need to beat them with Giannis playing. He's a whole brand. The, the whole point – yeah, he's their guy. The point is you have to be able to beat the, the Bucks with Giannis to beat the Celtics – with Tatum and Brown to beat, you know, whoever it is. And that's the, the last burden of proof. I think that the Nets have, and, and, and eventually I think a couple of those wins, we're going to start again, going from that disaster scale to that contender scale. And, and, and I don't think it would be, I'm not there yet. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I can envision talking about at least competing for a championship with this team depending on, you know, how they look over the next few weeks. And Kyrie came out after the game and he said, no more excuses, right? So I was reading an article. Let's see if I can find that article. Um, if you watch the post game, and that's the kind of energy they should have. Uh, he basically said there's no excuses, which also lets you know, like, yo, they're all in on this year. Finally, like, it took some time, but, like, that's what you should want as a fan because – we don't expect Kyrie to be re-signed. We don't know if KD requests a trade after this year. Um, we don't. We don't know. The future is uncertain. We don't know what they do with Sean Mark, Jacques Vaughn, whatever. This whole thing was supposed to be like, okay, Kyrie opts in, KD rescinds the trade request. Seven Eleven. This Seven Eleven era is about to end. How does it end? Can we at least make a run through the playoffs? I've said publicly they need to get past the second round, right? This whole thing can't pass. Uh, you know, Knicks fans kind of took a, a victory lap this summer saying, oh, this was a disaster. The Nets are the biggest failure in NBA history. They tried to build the super team. They talked about going to the finals, and the furthest they got was uh, second round and getting beat by Giannis. So, hey, this is it, folks. And this is why you watch, and this is why you go to the game, and you buy jerseys, and you watch all these games, and you're on Nets Twitter, and you're in these spaces after the game, and you, you follow talking Nets, and Nets Kingdom, and the Glue Guys, and Nets Daily, Brooklyn Buzz, all of the people that cover the Nets. This is what we want, right? We we want a team that, that we think can actually get to an Eastern Conference Finals, and then anything can happen. And I'll say this, because I've been saying it. Stay healthy. If they stay healthy, it takes a little bit of luck, but it also takes resting guys and load management. If they stay healthy, man, someone gets hurt in the playoffs every year, and that changes the playoffs every single year you see it. <laughs> Joe, Joey BK down there says, glue guys, question mark. Nah, chill. They're, they're all right. They just were obsessed with Kyrie in the wrong ways. And, uh, you know, same thing with Nets Daily, but we're past that. We're past that. I, you know, I like and, and, I like the unity of of all of the Nets podcasters and and bloggers and creators. Go ahead, Robin. To be fair to everyone, the Kyrie situation, people got a little emotional, myself included. Probably it probably clouded my judgment at times. It was such a an ugly situation, and it was also the um, 
for me, it was the accumulation of stuff with Kyrie. I mean, I love the way he's playing right now, uh, the, the, the effort he's playing with, the defense he's playing with. But you can't tell me that you're, you're 100% confident there's not some surprise waiting either. I mean, like, no. so that's, I mean, but if you get into a, you know, here's the thing about Kyrie. If you get into a tight spot, I don't know if there's ever been a player who creates his own shot in tight spaces better than Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie Irving, the analogy I used to use for him um, was he's kind of like Wolverine, where, like, you don't always want him around as a teammate. He could be a little tough to deal with at times. But when the going gets tough, you want him there. You know, Wolverine is a good analogy, a, a good comparison. On, on WFAN the other night, I said, you know, the sun could shine, the wind can blow, and Kyrie could wake up on one. And, and uh, Wolverine could wake up on one, too, and do some things that mess up the whole game plan for the X-Men. He would just punch Cyclops right in the stomach, you know. <laughs> he didn't. He, they, they might have like, a plan to sneak around the, the back of the warehouse. Wolverine's like, nah, we're going right in. I go where I want to go. Yeah, that's what he used to say. But here's the thing, Keith, about uh, where the Nets are at. And, and maybe this is the most telling thing. We, we, what are we in the – how many days between games? They played on Monday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Three games, three it, days. It, it feels like a long time, right? It feels like a long time, which means you're looking forward to watching them, which mm-hmm. means they're giving you, like, appointment television or some sort of comfort in your life, and it feels like there is a void, that there is an absence there. And that's a, a sign of, of where the team and how the team has been playing because they are a fulfilling watch. They are, you know, something to – their level of play is, is – I don't know if proud is, is going too far, but it is – No, I'm proud of them. I am. Yeah, this, this, thing, of. this thing was toxic. This thing uh, was looking like some shit again. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I've spoken on it. Like, in the beginning of the season, I was like, man, I, I went to opening night, and I, I, I got to get back to some games. But I was just so discouraged. I'm like, man – how do we end up always on some fuck shit? Kyrie. Yeah. And as much as we love to watch Kyrie, we don't know when the next thing is going to come. So we we hope he, he just sticks to doing what he's doing and creating shots and wowing everyone. I mean, the other day I was saying the NBA's changing all these trophies, the Michael Jordan trophy, the Bill Russell trophy. The, like, okay, for what? I'm like, if you guys want something to do, Put put Kyrie in the NBA 75 or 76 because that man is one of the best players we've ever seen. Uh, he's different. So, I don't know. Skill-wise. I, I mean, think was- this is the last of him in Brooklyn, and I think he knows that. So, they're all in on a championship run this year, and it could happen. It, it depends on the seating. It depends on health. There's It's a long way to go, but, like, that's why we watch. That's why we watch an 82-game season. That's why we're locked in for every game. We're excited to see what happens next. We watch other teams. We're on the trade machines. Uh, it, it's great. And when you're winning, winning cures all. And you've got Ben Simmons, the stallion. Yeah, let's mention that before <laughs> we get out of here. So, I mean, if you're a hip-hop head, even if you're not a hip-hop head, if you're just on the internet, you probably know that Meg the Stallion and Tory Lanes are in court right now. And uh, part of the court proceedings brought up Ben Simmons' name. And Ben Simmons went on his, um, <laughs> his Instagram to say, this is false allegations with, with Rick Ross and uh, AEW. But basically, Ben Simmons' name came up um, because Meg's friend supposedly was upset with her. Man, <laughs> I don't know what's true, but it's just funny for talking nets to talk about it. They said that this chick 
while she was in L.A., right, partying with Tory Lanez and Kylie Jenner, there was, you know, she got kicked out of the house, and then I guess she claims Tory Lanez shot her feet. But uh, before that, uh, she had supposedly slept with Ben Simmons, Tory Lanez, and the baby while she was in Los Angeles, City Angels, and uh, Ben Simmons. I don't know, but ben, ben Simmons was with Maya Jama. Ben Ben Simmons is is a player like that. He had uh, Kendall Jenner, and uh, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, I was wondering why his his back was his lower back problems. I'm like, this man is too young to have lower back problems while he was dealing with the stallion. <laughs> yeah, he's got he, more minutes uh, doing that sort of stuff than than on NBA courts in the last couple of years. Now he's on a minutes limit. You know, look, I, I'm glad to see Ben get back into form and 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 uh, be that. You know what he really brings to the team is is that pace. You know, pushing the pace for them, finding open guys. But here's what I, I haven't followed this court case closely enough because honestly, I really don't care that much. But what I don't understand is if she was shot, why does it matter who she slept with? That that's the part of it that like what do those two things have to do with one another? They are trying to get every detail to like how did this happen, and what it is is. They all lied. So, like, they lied to the police. They they falsified the police report. So now they're trying – now they've had months, almost two years, to get the story together. And it's like, okay, so tell us what happened. And I'm like, damn, Ben Simmons caught a stray. And if, yeah. if he thought he was low, you're not low anymore, bro. The the baby literally made a song and, and put it out a couple months ago saying that he hit Meg the Stallion. Tory Lanez, we just assumed – like, why would he be kicking it with her? And this is when Tory Lanez was coming off of hosting those Instagram lives in the pandemic. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he I, probably I, wanted to get Meg Thee Stallion in one of those. <laughs> see, I was into the, I was much more into the verses during the, the pandemic and, you know, Jadakiss ending dips. I was into both. I mean, like wasn't, wasn't any live sports. I was watching everything. <laughs> <laughs> TMZ Keith. <laughs> all right, that's all we got, man. Uh, Jared goes, where's Hudson? Because Jared's like, I I wasn't. Tory Lanez, Meg the Stallion. <laughs> Definitely Hudson wasn't talking about that. <laughs> Hudson, <laughs> Hudson's going to stick to the script. <laughs> Hudson's going to start his own Meg the Stallion podcast. <laughs> I'm going way off script with that. But I got a kick out of that with Ben Simmons. I'm like, this dude, uh, he, he can't stay out of the way. He, he caught a stray. Tory Lanez, Ben the Simmons, Ben Simmons and the baby. <laughs> ben the Simmons. Ben, ben, hey, ben the Stallion he, and Ben the Simmons. At least he made it out of the Kardashian thing of like, okay. Doesn't you don't know not everybody that goes did in he? there makes it out okay. <laughs> did he make it out okay? All right. Let's play this uh voicemail that came in. I mean, uh I I usually like have the Bluetooth speaker, but I think if I turn my mic up loud enough. It'll uh, it'll play, and we'll we'll go out that way. Let's see. No, not loud. Hold on, one second, one second. I don't have my Bluetooth speaker in here. Let's just put it on speaker. And shout out to whoever this is. As soon as I put out the new number, they called. So I want to get you on. Why won't this play loud? Yeah, I'm having a tough time here, Nat. All right, Robin, you take it over for two minutes. I'm going to get the speaker. All right. Um, I'm going to read some of these things in the, the chat. Uh, William Simmons says, I think Kyrie will be back. Um, <laughs> well, Kyrie will be back with the Nets if they, like, win a championship, perhaps. I, I just – it's tough 
uh, to it's tough to predict anything with, with Kyrie Irving. Let's just put it that way. I'm I'm out of the Kyrie Irving prediction business. I, I don't think um that that serves anybody too well. Jared Williams says, wait, she destroyed the season. Look, I'm not putting anything on for Meg. I, I, I don't. I, <laughs> no, no, she didn't. She didn't destroy anyone's season. She might destroy her career because. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're paying attention to that, people are like, "Hey, hold her accountable." If she snitched and lied or whatever, and I'm like, "Damn!" Hey, so did she get shot or not? She did get shot, right. but it, they're trying to figure out whether it was Tory Lanes, whether it was this chick, or what exactly happened, man. I, I mean, well, process, if, she, if she got shot, I feel bad for her. I do feel bad yeah. for her, but if she lies, she lied. You yeah, got to tell the true. truth. Hey, what's up, Keith? What's up, Robin? Hope you're having a good day. Um. Name Izzy. Uh, Trade season here. Um, Nets is, a, is really doing really good right now, man. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of improvements we can make to this roster. Um, I'm hearing John Collins is trending, so maybe we go ahead and get John Collins. If you get John Collins, um, maybe you can go ahead and get a vet center because I feel like getting a stretch big at this point would be too difficult. So um, my idea, Hassan Whiteside, man with no for blocking top and grabbing a whole bunch of boards. What's your thoughts, man? Appreciate it. I understand the thought process. I don't think a traditional big helps the Nets. I, I don't think that's the way they play. Um, Whiteside is, is not currently I, I don't think the Nets need a traditional big as much as as the, the you know people clamor for. I, I think they're small in the backcourt, which I brought up before, because you got Kyrie, you got Seth, you got Patty, you got Cam. You know, like if they can upgrade Edmund. Yeah, um, Edmund's not really small for a point guard because he's long. No, he actually but, is long, but he's a he's a guard. Right, I don't yeah. know. I, I, the thing is, we all go for like you said the easy. Like we need a big, and I was on that a couple weeks ago. But actually, watching this team. I'm like, Sean Marks, get creative, figure it out. I, I was I was beating the drum for Kyle Kuzma. Who else was I saying would be interesting with the Nets? I, I don't know. I'm not a GM. But Kyle Kuzma could play that stretch five for them. You know, that's the kind of guy who could do that. Otherwise, I, I think like uh, another – because Royce O'Neal, he's played pretty well. He's played a lot of minutes. He's hit shots. He brings good spirit, all that. But he's actually pretty big. You know, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't guard the quick perimeter guys that well. If they could get somebody – who could guard the quick perimeter guys, but is also big enough to switch onto the bigger guys, I think that could help. Cool. Well, that's all we got, folks. We got to wrap this one up. My wife is literally on FaceTime right now, and she's away. Um, hopefully everything is straight. But, uh, yeah, episode 178, Talking Nets. <laughs> Shout out to Izzy for calling the voicemail and getting on the show. If you'd like to be on the show, call us up, 929-500-103. I picked an easy number. 929-500-100 for three. Yeah, you got to make a commercial for it or something. I will. That might that might be a little content piece if I find some time. I want to make more content for Talking Nets, but I swear I'm like, I'm pulled in 100 different directions. I sleep from like 3.30 in the morning to 8.39. But you know what? It's fun to be covering this team and doing this podcast as they're winning. I think they have the chance here to go up 6, 7, eight games above 500 and then we're really cooking with gas once they get up there and in the standings i hope they stay healthy and i hope you stay rooting for the team watching the team and pulling up 
to hear us talk about it. We'll be back with another episode next week. Maybe we'll try and get two episodes in before Christmas because, you know, once Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday hit, uh, we'll be off. But subscribe to the pod. If you're in the YouTube chat right now, smash like for us. Hit the like button. Tell a friend to tell a friend we're talking Nets. And that's all we've got. Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg. Let's Let's go go Nets. Nets. Let's Let's go go Nets. Nets. Brooklyn. Brooklyn.